Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 30 of the Creative Marketing Podcast with me, your host, Angus Boyle. On today's episode, not joined by any guests, it's just me, and we're going to be celebrating the one-year birthday of ArtByAngus.com. Pretty much to the day, it's a year ago that I... Um, appeared on Tea with Gary V and uh, officially announced to the world the uh, launch of com. It's been a fun year. It's been an action-packed year. In uh, in this episode, I'm just going to sort of talk through, I guess, the story of where I started even before how I got to that point of launching, um, you know, sharing lessons I've learned, sharing things I've, I've um, observed along the way, uh, and also just letting in on some of the uh <laughs> some of the different times I did mushrooms along the process and how that impacted the journey. Um there's going to be a heavy focus on taking mushrooms cuz <laughs> that was a heavily influential factor in the beginning of my art career uh, which we'll cover in this week's episode. Uh big shout out to the sponsors artbyengus.com which in celebration of one year has had a facelift um and it's completely revamped there's so many new paintings on the site that weren't there before it's it's there's still room for improvement listen don't get me wrong i think this version 2.0 is definitely a step up in terms of the quality of like photography the quality of the website in general um although that being said i did it like in about a six hour burst yesterday i did a lot of the product description so there's probably about fucking 50 spelling mistakes and grammatical errors on there because i haven't proofread anything yet i will but anyway get on there and if you're listening to this before thursday at 6 p.m there's also a 500 pound voucher giveaway going on on instagram uh, to celebrate the relaunch of the website so if you haven't already go check that out at Angus Bull on Instagram. Don't forget to leave a review, share the podcast, um, tell your friends, etc. And here we go. Let's get into let's get into the one year birthday celebration episode for ArtBangus.com. Welcome to the Creative Marketing Podcast. Here we go. Now we're doing a podcast. So, the story of artbyengus.com and by extension, just the story of Angus and his journey into becoming an artist. There's a WhatsApp notification. Let me just take a moment to close WhatsApp so we don't get any more of those WhatsApp notifications. And let's get into the show. Um, so, I, I touched on the mushrooms. I'm going to get straight into it. Um, I... Listen, there's bits of painting that I've done at certain points in my life, but the real... Oh, my God, it's all fucking go here. There's an alarm going off on my phone now. Jesus. This is on episode 30. You'd think... Oh, you'd think we'd have figured this out by now. But, sure, look, it's off now. Um, Shrooms. Big influence on my painting career. I've literally completely lost my train of thought. But beginning with mushrooms uh, yeah i've said i've done, done paintings here and there whatever but like the the fucking beginning of this journey i think was glastonbury where i took mushrooms for fucking four or five days straight glorious experience oh my god what a music festival can't wait to go back um 
<laughs> but while I was there on mushrooms, um, there was a few different things going on. First of all, if you've listened to the episode with Mr. Ari Shafir, um, you'll know that he was there. And there was just parts of like seeing him and knowing he was someone who, I don't know, just something about the energy of him. I mean, I was on mushrooms, so I was quite perceptive to these things. But like the just completely not giving a fuck or like, you know, not necessarily not giving a fuck. That makes him sound apathetic to life. He's very much not that. But not giving a fuck about like what other people think in terms of what he does or says. He's, I mean, he takes that to the extreme. But seeing just that energy and it was something that I was like, and it also sort of, you know, it's through his own creativity is how he, how he sustains that lifestyle and sustains his career. And so seeing that up close and just knowing like, oh, he's just a completely normal person and he's able to do it. Why couldn't I was a big thing. So that was one sort of thread. Then, I mean, Glastonbury in general is just an incredibly beautiful place, a beautiful sight to behold. There's all these huge flags everywhere. It's like incredibly atmospheric. It's, God, if you ever get the chance in life to go, make sure you do because it's one of the best things I've ever done. But anyway, while on Mushrooms, wandering around this place that's like a magical land where every single place you look, there's something insane going on. Um... I, I sort of had like and I was just staring at the weirdest shit I remember like I, like at one point I got back into my tent and I had this pair of like Kurt Cobain big white sunglasses I was on my own got back into my tent saw that these sunglasses were broken and my immediate reaction was I just went yes <laughs> and started laughing and thought it was like the most fucking wonderful thing in the world and was reading such deep deep uh, levels into it which is I don't know what other people experience on mushrooms to be honest but I certainly got very deep um, and so and another time there was just this like <laughs> there was this really cool scene up ahead and then there was just this sort of crate of plastic bottled water that was like had fallen somewhere along the way it was like off this out the back of some stall or something that was selling shit, selling food or whatever. Um, and I just stared at that for about two minutes and just was like deeply enthralled with the artistic beauty of this pallet of water. So <laughs> all these different sites I was beholding, I sort of, I think it gave me some sort of unlocked a new, uh, a new filter on the world for me or something where I could sort of randomly see artistic beauty and weird shit. Um, which obviously the plastic water bottles was just because I was tripping on drugs. Don't get me wrong. But the underlying uh, view of the world, I think, sort of stuck with me um, and gave me a an appreciation for art. And then I guess I came back from Glastonbury <laughs> the early part the early part of this podcast is just going to all be about mushrooms because the early part of my artistic journey was all about mushrooms if I'm completely honest well I guess the mid part because the early part happened earlier in my life um but the most recent renaissance of my art career so to speak um so anyway I got back from Glastonbury with uh Still had, because people were, Ari was giving out drugs basically at the end and he was like, do you want some weed? And I was like, yes, please. And then got home, looked in that baggie and what he'd said was weed was actually more mushrooms. So obviously the, and I had, so I had done some paintings at this point already before I went to Glastonbury. Um, 
but I hadn't really gotten, I don't know, it's just been random or whatever. So I got the, and I'd never painted on mushrooms before. Um, I had a canvas, I think, or maybe I got one, who knows, had paint. Um, and it's funny thinking on the paint I had, I just had these tiny little, uh, little tubes of acrylic paint. And so I randomly, one day, a few weeks, I think, maybe, after Glastonbury was like, oh, I'm going to do a painting. Um, maybe it was two months. I don't have a fucking clue. <laughs> it was probably a few weeks. Um, set shit up in my room on the floor. Uh, got the paints all ready. Put on Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd on a loop. And... Or was it Shine On You Crazy Diamond? I think it was Shine On You Crazy Diamond. Um, put it on a loop. And started painting and did God it was, probably would be useful if I uh just thinking you're not gonna be able to see these paintings and it kinda helps. Maybe I'll do a maybe I'll do a an Instagram post of the the highlights of these paintings that I talk about in this episode. Um so anyway I sat down to do this painting took the mushrooms started painting with pink floyd on fucking what an experience oh my god um i and again the going deep while on mushrooms like the shit that was fucking going on my head also going back to glassmere for a second i'm gonna jump all over the place uh i think i talked about this on the ari episode as well there was like one point where i was just like standing with my hands beside my sides arms sort of outstretched uh, palms facing out and just staring up at the sky and I literally felt like all of time and space was happening at once in me it was fucking class I felt it felt like that's probably what like people who meditate for 50 years non-stop sort of they get that sort of feeling just do drugs unlock it easier um, that, that was irrelevant to anything within the podcast just a fun story moving back to the painting so I was there listening to Pink Floyd I was battling with some demons in my head we don't need to go into that stuff necessarily but like the, all these things were represented in the painting and it was like you know grappling with wanting to wanting this life of freedom and um, you know not, not necessarily being tied down to a job or to whatever and um also thinking about shit like drinking too much and like partying too much and i was thinking through all this shit while i was painting while tripping on mushrooms it was like oh i feel like it was probably like about 10 years of therapy in one night um um, and so i ended up with this painting of a pyramid sort of thing based on glastonbury obviously inspired by glastonbury with a gold sort of little pyramid at the top um and there's three gold dots, and I think that sort of signified the the underlying thought of that painting was like, I'm going to have my shit sorted out by the time I'm 33. Um, so that was like the the foundational layer. Then I sort of didn't, didn't, um, didn't paint again for a little while, but was like, oh, that was really fun painting on mushrooms. So like probably a couple of weeks later again, um, I probably, I say I didn't paint for a little while. It was probably very brief like yeah it was probably about a two week three week period I would guess then did another painting on these like I don't even know where these came from two just fucking shitty pieces of wood sort of plywood super thin um listened to a song on a loop again uh called Bindi Baji 
by Joe Strummer and the Mescaleros. Fucking absolute tune. If you haven't heard it, go put it on. It's great. And I painted a lyric from that song, What's the Music Like? Um, Again, deep-ass thinking, but this was more like about life and just people I love and how much I love them. It was a very big love buzz. Um, but it was fun again and I was like god this painting's kind of fun sent sent pictures to people oh <laughs> I think I sent pictures to people that day of like me with paint all over my face and hands because I was like just fucking making a mess by the end of the painting I was really like going full body in this painting <laughs> uh, like hand prints and everything um, picture me with like face covered in paint hands covered in paint smoking a joint and then I think I and everyone was laughing at me, being like, what the fuck are you doing? And then I think I painted my... I, I own a pair of Gucci shoes that I got because I knew someone who could get me them on bargain basement prices. Um, so I took my Gucci loafers and I covered them in paint. Still wear them, still fresh. Um, but... That was the second painting. Then, I think... <laughs> it's weird the the power of serendipity but so okay so there's two i guess i'm just having a drink there there's two two um diverging layers of thought one layer is like god the just complete chance of everything and then one other part of me is like maybe there is just this divine uh sort of preordained path or i mean maybe not divine that might be the opposite of divine who knows but like predetermined shit or shit it's meant to be whatever it is anyway so fucking a few weeks later again i don't know the timelines here if you can't tell um <laughs> some time passed then randomly went to there's a tiger shop in angel sort of random cheap shit basically um and they sell canvases and i got there and they had big canvases for like maybe 10 or 15 quid each so I bought two of these big canvases and I was like, whoa. Like these were like five to eight times as big as anything I'd painted before. Like proper to me, really big. And I was like, fucking hell, this is going to be so sick. And I think I, I, I don't remember as much the details of these. I think I was probably on mushrooms. But I... <laughs> uh, I did a lot of mushrooms in 2020. Um... I was doing these paintings. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I I remember doing the paintings on these big canvases. And that was like an unlock where I was like, holy fuck. Like, I can buy big canvases. I can do big paintings. This is sick. Um, and I think around that time is when I've told this part of the story, I think, before where I watched a documentary about Jean-Michel Basquiat, who's a super famous painter. And he his growth from homeless and, and pinching pennies to, like, buy a pack of cheetos for his dinner or whatever to like having hundreds of thousands of dollars from like one night of a big exhibition and all this shit and i was like holy fuck like you can do that with art that's unbelievable i'm just gonna try to figure out how to do that also watched the keith herring documentary around the same time also saw the sort of huge possibilities of the art world obviously listen i mean it's probably a it's, it, there was a huge amount of naivety which got me to take those first steps where it was like oh these people did it i can do it and i mean i still have that belief absolutely but i mean there's probably i didn't i didn't really factor in the thought of like god there's probably a lot of people who are having similar thoughts and trying similar things 
But anyway, we'll fucking get there and we'll beat them all. That's the plan. All the way to the top. Um, one thing that I noticed about these two two people who were two of the biggest sort of contemporary artists of recent times that I could find, Jean-Michel Basquiat and Keith Herring, is that both of them, graffiti was a huge part of both of their, their artistic journey and their... I don't know, artistic expression, but also of how they built their their brands and became known in these cities. Um, and so, obviously, I thought, well, I want to be like them, so I'm going to start doing what they do. So I started doing graffiti. I also saw Basquiat, they said he couldn't afford canvases, so he found random doors on the street and painted them. And, like, a week after I saw that, just randomly walking like 100 meters 200 meters away from my house and there was a fucking door on the street and i was like well obviously this is a sign uh made my roommate come back painted the door it's fucking poorly painted it's hilarious just random shit all over it um which is probably just the first layer so i need to add some layers as i sort of improve my artistic abilities and then by the end it's going to be a sick masterpiece um but yeah that was fucking funny i just thought like what would have been a piece of trash a week ago once I'd seen this documentary to me was like dollar signs um, I think it's quite a while away before selling the door but someday we will and we'll hark back to this episode and we'll think god remember back when it just seemed like a pipe dream that that door would sell for fucking tens of thousands of pounds but it did um, it will whatever um, so yeah in terms of the graffiti, uh, I've probably talked about this a bunch already as well. Just graffitiing the word love around the place. Because first of all, I find it hilarious that if I do get in trouble for painting the word love, it's like, Jesus, what's wrong with you? I've already decided it that if I ever get called by the police, <laughs> I definitely won't do this because I'll just wuss out. But my plan is to just say I love you and don't say anything else to them and just see what happens. And like, like until the death if you, I mean, if I come in, I'll just go full bang. But see if they let just let you away with it. They give you a fine if they arrest you, whatever. See what happens. But anyway, they can't fucking catch me. I'm above the law. Uh, I can do whatever I want, <laughs> and nobody can catch me. Uh, I publicise it on the internet. Still, nothing, no repercussions whatsoever for my behaviour. So I just let you look. Just, just all of you, please, just take that as a sign to. Do more of what you want. Nobody's fucking going to care. Um, but yeah, the reason for the love graffiti is I also work in advertising and I've also fucking realised how susceptible we as human beings are to brainwashing. And so I thought if I was going to do some graffiti, I want to do something that while it sounds like a destructive, sort of negative, antisocial activity, um, the intent of mine is far from that. It's to try and try and re- repair some of the torn parts of the fabric of society and fucking brainwash some people into being a bit more loving because i've realized you know even just from seeing a logo a bunch of times people can literally be brainwashed into like doing shit like buying products and so i figure having the word love all around london and eventually other cities once they get around to it um having that I think it can't have it. It can't. It can't add any bad. It can't have a negative outcome, and it might just suck. It might just sort of, you know, have some positive outcomes. Because I think there is chances where someone will be like in a bad mood, and they're going to do something negative, and then they look and they see a random love graffiti, and they think, oh, 
God, I'm just being an asshole. And then they don't do the mean thing. Whatever it is, you know? I think, uh, I think it's, I think it's cool. And I think it's, I'm going to continue to do it. And I'm excited because it's getting into graffiti season. I'm about to go on a rampage again. And I'm, I'm trying to do, do bigger numbers than I did in 2020. I'm trying to get some more visibility. I'm trying to poke my way into the consciousness of, collective consciousness of London. Um, because I feel like also that's going to be a good way to sell some art. But anyway, that's just a digression. From that point then, and here's a part where I wasn't on Mushrooms. Um, I went on Tea with Gary V, And officially sort of launched the website. Um, I mean, obviously I've told the story before. I was supposed to be on the Friday. Didn't have a website. Saw this woman blow up. Built a website over the weekend. Launched the website. Did a few sales that day. It was like, oh my god, this is sick. It was so fucking cool it was like yeah it was just exciting um then i think did a an instagram live that evening of painting did another one a couple of days later on the one a couple of days later i made another sale and was like holy shit and that one that sale i made had nothing to do with tea with gary v so i was like oh shit like even if i'd never done the tea with gary v thing i still would have sold some so that sort of dispelled any any feelings of like oh well maybe it's just because of that so that that was a really strong start for me and that sort of gave me the the encouragement I needed to uh to get going, getting those first sales. Um and honestly from that point on it's um it's been a lot of repetition, a lot of the same. Um a lot of just continuously painting, continuously posting on social media. Think, like things I think I've done well is that consistency is trying different styles of painting, you know, showing up repeatedly over time, posting regularly. Um, and there, there's other stuff that we can get onto in terms of the podcast and stuff as well. But I think just a random note to self while I'm thinking about it and talking about it, I think the social media, I think this this week with the website relaunch, I've done a bit better of it, like, like doing more stories and like talking to the camera and shit. Um, though I'm being punished by Instagram for such behavior because the reach of those stories where I was talking, which I thought were fucking funny and engaging, nice little bit of behind the scenes. Uh, Instagram's algorithm didn't think so though and didn't share it with as many people. <laughs> and I'm not bitter about it at all. But anyway, I think the the, the actual underlying point though is even if I'm getting less reach, like the engagement of those sort of videos for the people who are watching them is probably going to be better. Um, anyway, and yeah, like it's just been consistent painting, consistent testing things out, consistent posting on social media. And I think like one word of advice, I guess, for anyone who is in the business of selling art, and maybe it's not even a word of advice, but one sort of thing that I've noticed is there's lots of times where you get to a point and you're like, Jesus, has it just like, is this it? Have I run my course and I'm just not going to sell anymore? Because you get very melodramatic when it goes like four weeks and you haven't made a sale or whatever it is. But usually around those times, it's just then like a random sale appears from whatever angle. Um, And through obviously the consistency of putting stuff out there. So if you're getting disheartened, if you're like, God, if you've either never made a sale or if you are if you've made a few sales but it's dried up and you're you're like shit is this the end like what's what's going on here stay consistent power through honestly short-term sales just forget about it that's not the game the game is long-term brand building and if you successfully do long-term brand building then the sales will come so 
I think that's the mindset to have first of all is like think about it as a long term brand building exercise where you may occasionally get a sale but like that's not the goal of the of the activity that you're doing the goal of the activity you're doing is to build brand um and secondly just realize that like yeah sales will come if you just trust the process keep putting stuff out there I mean unless your art's shit <laughs> but even some of my art's shit and I've sold it <laughs> I'm just kidding. All of my art is fucking amazing. But like I've I've done art some of the early paintings that I did, I compare them to what I'm doing now and I'm like, God, I was so much so much worse back then. And I'm gonna like in ten years time, God, I'd say I'm gonna be like, Wow, I was so fucking shit back then. Um for A for effort and enthusiasm, but God, that technique was poor. Um, <laughs> But it's a fucking process, um, and so even if the even if the art was shit, it's probably the most valuable because it's the early gems of my career. God, I'm just rambling. Don't know what the point of that was, other than stay consistent, um, and you will be rewarded. I think, and in my experience, that's what I've seen to ring true as well. Um, but but equally, also another word of advice for somebody starting um, in an early stage, like don't expect that you're gonna like have a life-changing year in the first year. I I mean, listen, maybe I'm wrong here and I should be like, I'm going to do an NFT project and I probably, if I, I probably should do that. This is the thing. I've got a podcast that I'm recording literally tonight with an NFT expert. I hope he uh, motivates me to do my homework a bit more because I really do think there's so much money to be made, even though it is a bubble. Um, But there's long-term even upside, even if it is a bubble everything's not going to go to zero but anyway um (laughs) accepting probably if you can figure out the world of nfts it's unlikely that you're gonna have a life-changing year in your first year the reality is and i mean that even if like even as even though it's a possibility that is like a a 0.001 percent possibility like it's very rare the likelihood is the the most reliable path to success is that sort of long-term view and in that long-term view the first year or the first few months, whatever it is, isn't necessarily going to be like the time that you, oh, I can quit my job and just be a full-time artist or whatever. It is going to take a, a consistent effort. And I think a large part of that is that brand building because the, the point of the brand building is if, if you sell no paintings, but in the first three years, you successfully manage to make 50,000 people aware of you, let's say. That means there's 50,000 chances then of anyone who might be moving into a house and they say, oh, I'm going to get a painting or they, they know a friend who's moving into a house and they're like, oh, I really want some cool abstract art and they might recommend it. Whatever it is, like the more brand you build, the more serendipity you can unlock and the more, you know, fortuitous circumstances you can get access to because there's just more people who might be in situations where it's relevant, etc. So that's at least how I'm viewing it. That's how I'm sort of avoiding the emotional burnout of being bought into like short-term sales or short-term returns or whatever because that's not the name of the game the name of the game is like fucking painting for the rest of my life until i die and gradually building a brand uh and eventually building a behemoth of a brand but all in good time um from that point yeah like i said just consistent painting consistent posting i'm trying to think of any other any other things that I've done that have been big unlocks or or have worked out particularly well like I it and 
I think this speaks to the power of consistency is that I'm racking my brain here and I can't really think of anything that's like, oh, I did this thing and then I made a big sale or, you know, it's like, no, it's not that. It's just that I kept consistently showing up and doing exactly what I was doing every day. And then on some days, randomly, someone would be like, oh, hey, this is cool. I want to buy it. Or like some someone would like I'd be talking to someone. They'd be like, oh, you you making art, right, whatever. Or someone would see a post on social media and they would click through to the website and they'd buy whatever it is. Those things just sort of. I have found, at least in my experience, <laughs> those things just show up when you're least expecting it, when you're just minding your business, executing and doing what you should be doing, basically, day by day. The So it's like, yeah, I, I certainly haven't figured it out, the, the formula or what's, you know, working, because I think it is, there is no formula other than that consistency. There's no, like, all the different sales have come from completely different places, but, like, all underlyingly from the brand building effectively that I've been doing through my consistent posting on social media. And so that's my biggest word of advice for anyone starting is just stay consistent, sort of get sales out of your head, honestly. Like, I don't think that is the best or most important metric in the first few years. Um, I think the, 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 the more important metrics are like, follower growth engagement growth um having an engaged following having people you know bought into the story and the narrative of what you're doing um and that's that then yeah fast forward a bit a bit more to a bit later in the year and i started the podcast which um i'm not necessarily sure i don't really think the podcast is a particularly strong sales generating tool however i think it's an incredibly effective brand building tool because i think it just gives the opportunity for people to listen to me talking and get to actually know me as a person i think that sort of quote-unquote buy-in or whatever it is um is a positive thing to have over the long term it's it's real weird because i'm like analytically talking about people who listen to the podcast which is literally you and there's not even that many people who listen to the podcast um <laughs> but it's and it's like god it's so hard to explain but it's like I think it's useful to have that mindset and think about it like a, a business even though it's in the early stages and I probably know most of the people who are listening to this um, having that view and sort of building that foundation as if it's a business you know I think thinking about it in those terms and I think there are obviously people who I don't know as well who listen to the podcast as well so it's like thinking about it in those terms is is the sort of effective way to do it and i think yeah it's it's very much a brand building tool very much a long-term play but also i think something that could equally at some point spin off into its own separate sort of thing where it's like maybe it's a business that's driven by sponsorships um or whatever it is i think it's going to require me going on youtube before that happens because that's where the organic growth is um maybe i'll do that this week <laughs> um, and yeah from there podcast been going out churning that out as well staying consistent with that um and it's been fun super great experience to learn from people like i said getting access to some cool people who can share some really exciting knowledge most sort of timely example being the interview i'm going to do this evening at 11 p.m 
London time because it's with someone in Australia who is an NFT expert and we're going to talk all about NFTs and that'll be next week's show so make sure you don't miss that um but yeah it's it's been fun and then I think honestly I think YouTube is the the next big unlock for me um I think updating the website was the first thing I wanted to do because I think it was just like to me it was like kind of shit quality now it's like mediocre quality um do have a look at the website by the way i've put a lot of effort into updating it even though i still think it's mediocre it's a lot better than it was there's a lot more product choice which i think is the big thing um and there's a lot of waffly product descriptions that i wrote um while going cross-eyed staring at my laptop for six hours yesterday so enjoy those um and let me know what you think um yeah youtube next unlock next thing i want to do i just need to decide what i'm going to fucking make my youtube about which i won't bore you with the details i've been struggling with this for months uh, and i just need to do something about it aka make some more videos um other than that i think that's about it uh i feel like there's probably a few more good mushroom stories that i've left out that i can't remember for obvious reasons um but yeah. <laughs> um, yep. This is the worst ending to a podcast episode I've done in a while. Uh, just completely fizzling out. Um, so I guess before it gets any more awkward, let me go get my guitar and uh, sing you the outro music. This has been the Creative Marketing Podcast, ArtbyAngus.com, one year birthday anniversary, special edition episode. Thanks for tuning in. Tune in again next week for another episode of the Creative Marketing Podcast with me, your host, Angus Boyle. On next week's episode, I'm going to be joined by DCL blogger, aka Maddie, a fucking bona fide NFT OG and expert who's going to be helping us unravel and understand the wild, wild west world that is the NFT world. Um, don't forget artbangers.com newly updated website fully refreshed this week um, loads of new product options available on there don't you miss out on some of the best abstract art ever to have been created on this planet don't forget to subscribe don't forget to leave us a review and say some nice things and give us five stars and share the podcast with your friends help us grow I love you You're a legend. Talk to you next time. Have a great day.